Hey guys, welcome to Baggy Broadcast, episode number 416. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we're looking forward to coming out August 5th, 2020. And then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for our monthly trading policy. And this month it's one of John's books. And coming from Image Comics, this is Seven to Eternity, Volume 1, written by Rick Remender with art by Jerome Pena. And as always, we start the show with drinking, and uh, I'm 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 desperate to hear what Paul thinks of his beer. Ooh, I'm uh, drinking the Ellicott Breweries, Ellicott Bill Brewery. Sorry, Super Duper Jelly. This is a strawberry cream ale, and uh, cream ales in the past have always let me down. I'm like, oh, they, there's no real flavor to them. They say they're going to be creamy. They're not that creamy. This is like the filling of a jelly donut, just reduced down into a a really nice beer. It's like it, it's that got that sweet artificial strawberry flavor, but in that <laughs> creaminess that I expect from a cream ale. This is this is delicious. This is great. Uh, they they did this beer last year, part of their Publican series, which is their four pack Tall Boys. Mm. And last year I thought it was good, but it it needed to t- turn the strawberry up. Mm-hmm. And this year they definitely got everything right and it went from four packs at 12.99 to six packs at 10.99 mm. you, you get more beer for less money hey, they, uh, they're doing everything right this is only six yeah. percent alcohol by volume too so yeah and what is this doing with our friends south the De- south dayton supermarket oh local donut makers okay yeah. can in 2015 the hell <laughs> Uh, it looked like 2015. In fact, it says 2015 on the can. It does say 2015. You're not, Paul. You're not wrong, <laughs> but you're not right. Yeah. Uh, and what I do have to say is pretty right. Is uh, this low calorie beer I'm drinking from Harpoon? Ooh, uh, It is in their new. Oh, I forget what the pack's called. It's called uh, something. Something league. Uh, but it's a 12-pack variety. Rec League is in it. And surprisingly, Rec League is the worst beer in it. Oh. And Rec League's a nice beer. It's a nice grapefruit pop, low-calorie IPA. Uh, but I'm drinking Bush League, a crisp and hoppy lager. And this beer absolutely delivers. It has the right amount of little bitter on the back from the hops. Uh, the malty lager um, is kind of right in the mid palate. Super crushable. I bought this twelve pack um, probably about like two weeks ago because we haven't really recorded in two weeks. It was like right after the last time we recorded, and I've it's been killing me to sit on these last three beers because I wanted to talk to you guys about them because they're. They're all really delicious. And uh, the Harpoon Bush League, um, super good. Uh, every time I drink it, though, I think of uh, Jesus from Big Lebowski with uh, your Bush League psych out shit. Uh, but uh, absolutely delicious. 4%, 115 calories. Chris. Nice. You, you enjoying a nice. 
cockatiel? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit refreshing. Uh, I went to Universal Studios and Universal's Islands of Adventures today, and I drank a lot as I was walking around the theme parks. It's Florida in the summer. It was super hot today. Um, first time I've actually been to a theme park since February uh, when you guys were down here. Because, you know, <laughs> things were shut down for a few months. Uh, but just went and actually really good experience. The parks weren't super busy and with social distancing going on, like I did feel like there was a good amount of space in between everybody when you're waiting in line for all the different attractions, but done pretty much everything at both parks, uh, minimal waiting. Uh, but flip side again, yeah, it's Florida. It's super hot. Uh, so I drank a lot and I think I had almost all of the beers that the Florida beer company brews for Universal studios. Today. The only one I did not have was Duff Light and Duff Dry. Um, I had just a regular mm. Duff. But, uh, I mean, the standouts are always the Harry Potter ones anyways. And I realized, today yeah, I have to get their the milk stuff that they have, the Wizard's Brew, a lot more often. It's just really good. Mm-hmm. But what I'm drinking right now, it's just a simple uh, iced tea and a lemonade mixture, then spiked with some vodka just because... It's not the bagging broadcast if you're not drinking something. Great. But again, I just need to be hydrated because it was really hot out there today. So you had basically all the beers there at Universal Parks. Yes. You know what I'm going to ask you? No. Power ranking? Power ranking. Okay. Of course a power ranking. Um, I mean, Wizard's Brew is going to be number one just because I never get that one because it's a darker beer, so it's mm-hmm. not usually my, my go-to when I go to one of the parks. So you get the uh, Boar's Head normally, or? That's uh, the Hog's Head. I usually get oh, the Hog's yeah. Head um, when I'm over in Hogsmeade, but then on the Diagon Alley side, I usually get the Dragon Scale. Mm. Um, Dragon Scale will probably be my number two, then the Hog's Head, and then the Duff. But if I had had a Duff Dry, I would put that over the regular Duff, then Duff Dry, then Duff Light. And I asked if they had Dufftoberfest, because it's always that time of year. And I was informed that they don't think they're going to be getting it in. Um, since Halloween Horror Nights was canceled, uh, they don't know if Florida Beer Company is actually going to be brewing it for them this year, because that was kind of like just one of the big standout flagship beers for that event. Um, but he said he was going to let his manager know that someone asked about it. <laughs> that way they can carry that information ahead. Say hey, people are asking for Dufftoberfest, even if did it's just go, me. Did you just buy some sunglasses real quick and put on a mustache and go, and back, and go like, back? Hey, I heard you have the Dufftoberfest here. Yeah, <laughs> I come look for Dufftoberfest. I hear about on podcast. <laughs> it is good. It's good. I like Paul. He has hair like rag muffin. I'm. I'm Canadian student. <laughs> I hold no currency. Your money. I had Canadian currency only. <laughs> That's what that was. But you know what's mm-hmm. going to cost you a few Canadian dollars? So if you want to go see Mulan, because you're not going to be able to go to a movie theater, you're just going to be able to go to your living room and watch it on Disney+. Plus. Or, or you could be like me and be like, you know what? I got a projector. Maybe I'll just set it up out in the yard. It's September. It's a nice little crisp. It'll get dark early enough to actually watch it. It might be worth the experience, you know, doing an outdoor movie night with Mulan. Now, does that 
is that like a one-time viewing or a 48 hours viewing or are you paying the 30 and then you've purchased it? The details on this were very sparse where it just says it's going to be available as video on demand, but it wasn't like saying if it's going to be a rental, if it's going to be like you own it. But then also since you're purchasing it through Disney plus, I'm not sure how they're going to add it to your account because this is going to be the first time that we're seeing something like a specialty release that's not just put out there for everyone to see. Um, They also didn't say how long after this release window will just be put out on Disney Plus for normal monthly subscribers anyways. Um, Did confirm that it will be released in some theaters once everything opens back up again, but uh, the news story that I saw about this was also like, well, now people are getting upset because it's like, well, you're doing this for Mulan. Why not New Mutants? <laughs> it's New Mutants coming out. Uh, New Mutants isn't going to be as big of a draw as Mulan. That's the answer. That's that's why, everybody. Because Mulan already had a premiere. Yeah. Yeah, it had just like the world premiere back in March before like the world shut down. Shut down. And, and I believe um, New Mutants, it's actually part of like the Fox deal with them buying it, that it has to come out in theaters mm. if they want to show it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's part of the deal. Like those things, they can't just put on demand or sell off to one of their other channels to put it on. Yeah, this uh, from the Engadget article that uh, John you posted. Uh, this see, this news all came out of uh, just an earnings call, so it seems like it's just Bob Chapek just being like, "Oh yeah, and we're also doing this," and you know, it's an earnings call, so people don't really get to ask that many questions. But he was kind of bragging: 100 million screen, uh, streaming subscribers for uh, oh across all its services, so not just Disney Plus, but ESPN Plus. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody's getting ESPN yeah. Live or whatever it's called right now. Um, but then also they, it was noted that that was their five-year goal and they hit it within eight months. So that's still really good. I mean, at least that's one good thing to come out for them after quarantine. I know everyone else is suffering because theme park attendance is down and they're not getting the revenue in from that. And it was, I mean, kind of circling back to what we had just talked about before, it was announced on one of Universal's earning calls that their revenue from theme parks was down 94% this corner because, I mean, yeah, they were closed for most of it, but even now, just being there today, like, it's pretty empty. Um, they're, they're just trying to get people in the door right now. They actually have a deal going on where you buy one day, you get the rest of the year for free. <laughs> Literally, buy a one-day, like, two-park ticket. You can continue going until December, I think it was 24th, like right up until Christmas. I mean, that's not, I mean, that's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, that's and, really I good. Mean, are they doing anything for the, not that this is really need to be on the show, but are they doing anything for people like you, Chris, who bought the year subscription? Uh, I got are a, you... I got a cool magnet today. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh. So it says like U O A P. It stands for Universal Orlando Pass Holder, and the letters are made up of different like park symbols. So like the U is like ET's like hand and finger. Oh, like the A is like Jaws popping. 
So I, I guess yes. <laughs> um, I didn't know if like they'd give you like those months that they were closed. They, they did also say, I mean, that's something that they're doing. Like, so the months that they were closed, that times can be added onto your pass. And they also do have something else going on right now, where if you buy a pass or you renew your pass, you get three months free on top of it. So you can extend it out that way, but still not that bad. I mean. By yeah. a day, get a year. That's yeah. pretty great. Re- reason to go. Right. We're able to brave traveling down and self-quarantine for a couple of weeks. But but these companies, that's they're in the business of entertainment. And people aren't going to the theme parks. Movie theaters aren't even open. So they're trying to find other ways to get that money to come in. I don't fault Disney for putting this out there because I want to see it. I mean, I'm excited for it. It looks great. $30 is a little steep, but just thinking about it and talking about it previously, like, well, if we were to go to the movies, two tickets would cost us 30 bucks anyways. Like, and then snacks, drinks, everything else on top of it. Yeah. That, that day gets a little bit more expensive spending 30 bucks to watch it at home, own it at home, have it added to my library. Once it's released, I don't mind that because I prefer to see it in the theaters, but I don't really mind. Like I'm still cool with just seeing it at home, like comfort of my living room with a bunch of cats and like pizza. You know that's fine. It seems I want to support the movie. I think uh, it looks it looked cool. It looks like one of the better the live action ones. I've mm-hmm. enjoyed basically all the live action movies except for uh, the Maleficent, uh, Mistress of Evil. Not good. Yes, yeah, I, I haven't watched that one. The sequel or the yeah, first the one? The I saw the first one. I didn't. I... The first one isn't bad, but uh, the second one, rough. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying. I haven't watched Dumbo, so because I have no interest in that one either. Yeah. Uh, but this Mulan one, I'm excited about. I, I want to support it. I want it to you know do well. But I don't know if I want to spend thirty bucks and then being like, oh, thirty point bucks is the new price point for all new Disney Plus releases. So, and I know you, you looked into it because you were checking the price on Trolls World Tour, and you said it's available now for like six ninety nine. But did you find the? I couldn't find the original release price, but I think John's right. I think it was around twenty dollars uh, yeah. for VOD. So I think and, this is a ten dollar Disney tax on top. And I think too, like uh, when Onward, it had been out in the theaters for what, like two weeks, three weeks before. Yeah. It um, everything shut down, and then it went on to video on demand, and you paid twenty. We paid twenty bucks, and then a few weeks later, it was free on um, Disney Plus. Like I didn't feel cheated. We super enjoyed the movie. Sometimes when Disney streaming is giving us crap, and my son wants to watch it, we I just put it on on my uh, from Amazon, like, and it plays beautifully. So I have no problem having it that way um, because I love, I, I love that movie. It's great. Uh, something that's, I, I mean, it's okay. It's not great though, is uh, the, pa- Brimley dying. <laughs> the passing of Wilford Brimley. Uh, it's okay. I, I like, I like Wilford Brimley. Um, I loved him in uh, the thing, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, Cocoon. Post-mas- 
Cocoon. He's the postmaster general in uh, Seinfeld. Um, he's <laughs> uh, he's great as the uh, the Louisiana Bayou man that is in uh, Hard Target with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, who's his nephew. Uh, <laughs> he's got some great roles. He's lived uh, he lived an amazing life, and uh, it's sad to see him go, but. Uh, you know, he had diabetes. <laughs> diabetes? Was it the diabetes that got him? Uh, I actually just looked into it because I wasn't sure if that was it or not, but it turns out it was uh, kidney problems. Mm. Yeah. He died at 89, and the guy got typecasted old in, in his 50s, you know, from uh, from starring in Cocoon. Um, but no, I, I, you hate to see anybody go, but... Uh, uh, also, I mean, we, I didn't, think. we didn't talk about but Regis Philbin also recently oh that's right i forgot about regis um but yeah it's uh he did some great work and so did regis they tell us all how uh to laugh love and say diabetes yeah i think uh regis Philman uh, doesn't get enough credit for bringing back the game the modern game show with uh who wants to be a millionaire yeah, but it's not like he created it. Yeah, but him being on it, and he was the face of it. Yeah. It was Regis's show. Yeah, Until he it left last, it, and then... It didn't last long after he left it, though, I yeah. think. Well, it went daytime. Mm-hmm. He brought back, you know? People were interested in that. Yeah. And then we got the the man with the cases, he, he, Howie Mandel, on primetime for a while. It, it You know, with this big wave of uh, those shows came out. After Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And uh, he's a guy who never took a, to himself serious. I mean, he'd show up on Conan O'Brien all the time. He'd do any character that people asked him to do. He was uh, always game for anything. I always liked it when he played Regis Philbin on shows, like on How I Met Your Mother. I, I don't remember, remember that, that episode. It was, bur- <laughs> it was the Perfect Burger episode. I, yeah, I vaguely remember the Perfect Burger, but yeah. I, I've seen that show multiple times. It's, it doesn't stick with me. Uh, that Burger, Burger episode is one of my favorites. Gotcha. It's like one of the episodes I would watch. Well, much like he brought back the the nighttime, the nighttime game show, uh, The Rock, saving and hopefully bringing back the XFL. I guess I know. Uh, I didn't follow the XFL originally when it came out. I'm like. The 2000s. I don't follow it now. I guess it went bankrupt again. Again, uh, but The Rock's stepping in to to save it. And by saving, I mean he's just buying like the licensing rights. Probably like, he's not like funding the whole thing. He probably has enough money too, though. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's got another uh, like. There's another investment company and another celebrity went in on it with him. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. That he'd be part of that, especially like I don't know. Well, I, I I can do the mental gymnastics to get there because the uh, XFL uh, Extreme Football League was started by Vince McMahon, who what is the owner of uh, uh, WWE? W- I was gonna say WWF just because the World Wide Wrestling Entertainment. Yes, <laughs> um, so it makes sense that he can step into that because he's kind of got one foot in that world. Um, I don't know if there's like 
that much clamor for it to come back the first time even, let alone stick around. I'm sure it has its fans, but... Well, I think McMahon's been trying to get this off the ground for like two years. He's been talking about doing this. And you know you know how... Uh, Paul, I'm going to beat you to it. You know how uh, The Rock's going to make his money back from uh, from investing in this? Uh, he's also going to be an announcer. He's going to be the star of it. They're going to pay him to do it. To do the, to the color commentary? Yeah. yeah Just be great. out down on the field. Hey, he's great in the Titan games. I'm with He Hate Me. He's uh, he's back. Wasn't that with the, one of the players, Chris? That was one of you the players. And, he hate- you and Wallstrom used to say it all the time to yeah, each other. You were allowed to put your last name on the Beckford jersey, or you could just have it be like a message. Mm-hmm. And I literally do not know the player's name, but he put it on the back. Uh, he hate me. Uh, but yeah. Played for the uh, Las Vegas Outlaws. I, I, that's the fact I remember. <laughs> I think. Uh, XFL knowledge. That's it. <laughs> all, all the all the rock needs to do is uh, sign an exclusive deal with Twitch to have them live broadcast on Twitch, and then uh, and then just get a couple video games going, or you know, get the license rights thing, get some video games published. And I think he'll be fine. I think he'll make that fifteen million dollars back. Because how much money do they this Twitch 15? throw at some of these? Oh, like yeah. Millions and millions and millions. Yeah. Especially because, like, recently Mixer shut down too, which was like Twitch's main competitor. Yeah. So people have left that platform to go over there. So I guess everyone's coming back. And 50 million's not a lot. Like, that's just. Yeah. That's t shirt money. Like, you just license out the t shirts. Exactly. Yeah. Get a video, get one video game deal. You get Activia to sponsor you. Bam. Boom. Are they still around? I think so. Well, and if not, you know how you get your name back on the map? <laughs> XFL, baby! <laughs> Guess who's also uh, putting $15 million into Activia? <laughs> <laughs> the Rock. He's just The Rock. He's got his hands in everything. I'm The Rock, and I love to be everywhere, but I don't want to be a rock in your stomach. That's why I suggest you eat Activia. <laughs> Yeah, boom, I mean, Activia, you smell what the rock is pooping? There's a, there's a tagline for you right there. You know, he's going to have a big fight with Jamie Lee Curtis because oh she's the yogurt that's, yogurt queen. That's like your wrestling feud that they have. Like, she could be like the evil commissioner. Ooh, she could be the heel. He could be the face. Uh, he's going to come in dressed as Michael Myers, though, and it's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> uh, we got it all planned out. Man. The rock. Boom. Got He's got your nights covered. What you going to do? You're going to sit down, watch the game, XFL. You're going to drink some of his uh, tequila. You're going to log on to Twitch. You're going to log on to Twitch. Eat your, eat your activity. You're going to stay regular. Bits. Drop your bits to your for your favorite players. Boom. Next morning, what you going to do? Hmm. Feeling a little groggy, feeling a little hangover from all that uh, rock tequila you drank last night. Activia yogurt perks you back up. There you go. <laughs> Drop a nice deuce. Ready to start the day. All right. That's start your day the rock way. All down. I'm glad we. I'm glad we don't have any more news. 
Nope, we dropped it all. <laughs> dropped a news deuce. <laughs> all right. So that's going to take us into the books mm. coming out on uh, August, <laughs> August 5th, uh, 2020. Uh, Paul, what are you going to pick up? Because I bet it's stupid. Guys. <laughs> guys, there's a new X Factor book coming out. I bet out. he's going to make us read it for Look Back. It probably will hit the if it's good. It'll hit the look back list if I also remember to buy it and also then remember to read it. Um, so here's the thing: he's going to buy it just to have something for the the look back. He'll add to the list because that's going to be the only way he'll get around to reading it, and we're all going to hate it. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna drop a rock but, deuce on it. But he'll that's buy issue two before he's had a chance to buy it because we haven't read it yet for two to come out truth and then i gotta uh, defend my decision to buy this uh issue two even though issue one was so bad i mean you already defended buying issue one by being like well it's got polaris in it <laughs> yeah it's got polaris nobody and it's got a nobody cares uh, about polaris they're, they're getting back to the roots they're getting the band back together it's x-factor getting back to the roots of being in an uh, investigative multiple team. man on it they're just they don't care no strong guy not, not yet. yet not yet not yet. He, he, he says hopefully. Guys, guys, because issue three is guys, when... You never, you never know. Because <laughs> nobody's going to be buying this book, so they have to bring them back in to be like, hey guys, we got Strongman. X-Factor, when it first started, it got really good when it became all new, all different X-Factor. That's when the whole team got on there. So Paul's going to hold out and wait for this book I'm just to almost be canceled. All new, all, new, all different X-Factor. Havoc. Strong guy. Multiple man. Jamie Lee Curtis. Bam. <laughs> the there rock. you go. Wolfsbane. <laughs> I, I wish I, I know, had maybe. the ability to go back to all of our all of our old shows when Paul said This is when X Factor's getting it's it's gonna it's getting back to where <laughs> it's supposed to be. Cause there's probably like ten episodes where Paul says that before we ridiculed him into submission of not doing that. <laughs> You just pointed it out. And we're like, Paul, you realize you say that every time you talk about X Factor, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's because I. Stupid it's ladies. a good time to talk about X Factor when it's going to get back on track. And then another crossover would happen. So, guys, I'm assuming you're not looking over to crossover books or X Factor books. Uh, so uh, looking I'm looking for? forward to Firepower by Robert Kirkman and Chris Omni. And this is uh, the series premiere, all new monthly series created by Robert Kirkman and Chris Omni. The one who wields the firepower is destined to save the world. But Owen Johnson has turned his back on that life. He doesn't want the power he never... He doesn't want the power he never did. Uh, It sounds cliche, but I trust in Robert Kirkman for maybe making something... That sounds cliche, not be, not feel cliche. Um, sounds fun. I love Chris Omni's art. I think that's really what settled it for me is being able to look at uh, Chris Omni's great art. That's that's really what caught me too from uh, the solicitation for this because if it was just another new Robert Kirkman book, I I may check it out eventually just based on how much I always love 
um, Invincible. And yeah, I was a Walking Dead fan for almost a decade when I was reading that book. Um, but it was really the fact that Chris Domney's doing the art on this that made me like really take notes. Like, okay, like this is probably something to to keep an eye on. Yeah. Are you going to pick up the Negan book that uh, Negan number one started? No. No. No, I, I jumped off of The Walking Dead before that arc, his original like appearance arc started. Uh, and, and I never looked yeah. back. Uh, but something I do always go back to uh, is the Sandman family of books. And as bad as I've been about reading comics recently, The Dreaming is one of the books that I do want to keep picking up and reading. And we're actually getting a Dreaming spinoff miniseries, uh, Waking Hours, coming out, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Nick Robles. And this is telling the story about one of uh, Dream's new nightmares that actually gets dreamed into reality. So he's in the actual real world. Um, I'm intrigued by it. Uh, his previous nightmare, the Corinthians, kind of a fan favorite character. Uh, he was created by Morpheus. Ruins actually created by Daniel. So I like seeing uh, the growing and deepening of this story in the lore. So yeah, sign me up. And actually, to kind of go back to something we talked about last week, the Sandman audiobooks getting really. I'm really about good reviews, three so. and a half hours into it. And I I love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, they've done a, an amazing job with it. So yeah, we'll, we'll check that out. We'll talk about it on the show once, yeah. once we all get Steve. a chance to listen to it. Do you close your eyes? Uh, no, I'm usually driving my car, sitting on my lunch, or uh, sitting in the backyard for a little bit, or... I mean, you can still close doing, your eyes while you're doing, doing all the dishes. Things. Yeah. yeah. I, I try... Is it, is it just James McAvoy bringing in all of his characters? Is he trying to use this to expand the McAvoy-verse? So he'll be like, oh, Morpheus. And he's like, oh, Mr. Tumnus. Oh, Christmas presents, packages. And he's like, I'm the kid from Psych or whatever that movie was called. I don't remember. And he's like, no, I'm Charles Xavier. No, no. Yeah. You sure? I, yeah, maybe. You probably just haven't gotten far enough into it. And this, that's what happens uh, in hour No, four. it's been, it's, I, I have to say it's been really, it's been really good. Um, yeah, he's just gotten, he just got his uh, gem back. He had a, a nice day with his sister, Death, and I think uh, I just started a, a new chapter because they kind of have like chapters set up where it's like, a, a different storyline and one just started with um oh i can't think of their name the what's the endless that the they endless? keep you don't know if it's a man or a woman desire desire, oh, desire. and uh his or her twin sister are hatching despair are hatching some type despair. of plan for morpheus okay uh, it's been great that's that's the crux of the whole uh, series. Like that's going to be what sets Morpheus up for his fall at the end. Mm. Big picture. But I have a there's I don't know. Here's a dramatic reading, and now a dramatic reading from Zombie Number One, page twenty two, panel one. Canned on six six twenty fifteen. 
<laughs> oh, oh, sorry, this is a picture before I... These are the ones who fail to fool the evil spirits. That was a dramatic reading of Zombie Number One, page twenty-two, panel one. And Paul, are you drinking that? No, that no, Rubius? I'm not drinking the Rubius. Okay, I'm less excited about it now. So what you got? What you got in your can, there, baby? I, I got a bottle, a bottle. Sorry, and it's a fantastic lemon. Strawberry Ale, a sour ale brewed with strawberries and natural flavors. Uh, this is from Flying Bison. This is part of their small batch series. And this was uh, brewed for the Erie County Fair, which was established. This was going to be its 200-year mm. anniversary. Oh, the Erie congrats, County Erie County Fair. You did it 200 years. And you're not happening this year. So, uh, But no, so, this is a nice tart. Lemon lemon up front, I get a very small hint of strawberry at the end, but that's probably because I blew out my taste buds with that uh, jelly beer. Uh, Erie County Fair, are they just going to say next year is the official 200th year then, or are they just going to say, like, oh, it's year 201 since this year technically didn't happen? I don't know. I don't care about the fair. I never have. It's, yeah. It's it's something to do, though. I mean... I'm just right, you know, because... It's it's a banner right here that says you know established in two thousand eighteen twenty. So that's that's my guess. Maybe maybe it's not their two hundredth year because maybe they were closed during uh, nineteen uh, the nineteen 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 eighteen. You know, for the panda uh, for the flu. I don't know. I don't know. Inspired. Uh, they say it was inspired by the Midway's freshly squeezed lemonade. And a bountiful oh. harvest of local produce displayed inside the agricultural garage uh, building, oh, Grange building. This artfully crafted ale captures the best twelve days of summer in every sip. Five by five alcohol by volume. That was a dramatic reading of this label. Does it strike you as lemonadey? Yeah, it's it's like very a shandy lemon. almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a nicer tartness than most shandies. Uh, I find a lot of shandies are just that lemony sweet. And then it finishes off with a um, kind of alish kind of flavor. This this has got a nice tartness. I don't get much strawberry, but no, it's good. Yeah, it's a nice beer. Uh, I'm having another Harpoon low ABV, uh, low calorie beer. This is called Farm League, and this is a rustic and hoppy Belgian uh, beer. Uh, 120 calories, four percent. This beer is a little more bitter than the other two farm leagues I had. The other two um, were that perfect balance between um, kind of a nice, slightly weedy, earthy Belgian beer with the hops. Um, This one's a little more hop heavy um, because I would say if I was going to rank these beers, the farm league would be my number one, but not after this can. Uh, The previous ones I had, I would say definitely were better than this but um still good just a little too bitter i don't know if it just needed to be i'm swirling it around in the can here but uh another i in the most part another winner from uh harpoon i like it and speaking of winners why don't we head into our uh main topic in three two one yeah, and uh, for this 
month's trade and policy, I picked uh, Rick Remender and Matt Hollingsworth, Seven to Eternity, Volume 1. This is the first four issues in the series. And um, this is a space opera takes place on an alien planet where there are lots of different races where there's magic more than sci-fi elements. Um, But this is... Yeah, I would say it's like sci-fi fantasy western. Because it has like a western flair to it. It's like the gunman kind of. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the lead character, Adam, is, is, is that... But there is a magical, like a, almost like a mutation that different people have. And uh, they're called the, what is it, the Mozarks? Yeah, I kept on reading it as Mollus, and I'm like, that's not right. It's M-O-S-S. The Mosak. And Mosak. Mosak. And, um, and these people have maybe had more of a religion or they were protectors of this planet and one of their kind his power is able to make a word or a promise or a deal with someone and then they're connected to him and he's able to see through them or hear through them with his different as they call them whispers and um you follow uh adam what is it oasis or isaac it's a uh... oscar Oh, gosh, I just had uh, Osidus. Osidus, sorry. It's been um, probably about two weeks since I've read this. Um, and uh, his family has been cursed. His father didn't take the deal and has been hunted by the the King of Mud or the King of Whispers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they finally find him, kill him, and Adam goes to make a deal to protect his family and clear his family name. And in the course of this, the last of the mollusk come and Adam ends up teaming up with them to capture and kind of try and kill the King of Mud. But to do so, they have to separate him from all of his whispers because he'll kill more than half the planet because they're connected to him. Uh... I like this book. I don't think I'd like it if I was reading it in single issues. After I think the first okay. one, I, I would not have stayed with it. I would agree. I, I would pick up the second volume, but I don't know when I would ever read it. Because I'm not kicking down doors to read it, but I did like this book and I would like to see where it goes. Uh, is this still an ongoing or was it almost like a, he did it and then there was like an ending point in, in it mind for like it? There's an ending point in mind. And I was kind of upset that we didn't get there by the end of this trade. You know, I was like, okay, I can see where this is going. This is a cool one shot kind of story. Oh, this now now I'm going to have to deal with the part that I'm not enjoying about the book, which is the infighting gozer group. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what it basically the second trade set up for. It's like, oh, 
he fell asleep, and the Mud King got out and killed Patchwork. Uh, now they're, you know, instead of a gang of seven, they're a gang of six, so it's really six to eternity now. Uh, well, it's also kind of like ten little Indians. Like, is somebody helping him? Who's letting him out? Is he playing all of them, or are they actually capturing him? Like, I think there's some really interesting dynamics that can happen going on, because he's definitely playing that group like a fiddle. Mm -hmm. They're doing everything he wants, um, which kind of makes a good villain, Mm -hmm. is you don't know what he he totally is capable of, because this... This world that you are put into, there, Paul, as you you say, like there are no rules. There's mm-hmm. the things that happen in it. There's nothing that is totally defined that you can say this is what happens, or I know this is what yeah. is going to happen next. Because you don't get that little cool crib sheet like on the side of boom, 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 boom. This is uh, Adam Ozark, or not Ozark, but Odysseus, whatever his name is. His power is this. His eyes color is this. His height is this. I'm, you know, like, I'm okay with comic books. With, I'm okay with not having that, honestly. So, but yeah, when his power I, does happen, you're like, oh, finally, and it happens like in issue three, and it's like, oh, so that's what they meant by grabbing his nails and his hammer. I'm like, because you see it in issue one, and you're like, oh, a shotgun and shells. Okay, weird. They refer to guns as hammers. Yeah, and, nails. and, it, and you see in issue two. Uh, his mom makes him a nail out of his the blood of his brother. Yeah, but that could just be anything. And, and then, then you get to see his see power, it. or if even if he three. you even knew he had a power. Yeah, yeah. didn't know. All you know is he's dying. Uh, and that was the. Oh, go, no, ahead. go ahead, John. I was just gonna say, and that's like the that's the kind of the crux of this is like he. He's finally going to make this deal because he knows he's not going to live for this deal to really matter. He was never going to go home. He was going to save his family, clear his family's name, never go home, and just die because he's only got a few months to live. And now he's teamed up with this group to get rid of this emperor of this planet who's poisoning the planet. But again, he's only got a time limit. Is is he going to be... Is he going to be able to finish this in time? Is he going to be there? And it is, it's only 13 issues. There's three volumes. And so by the is, way, this first volume, it's only $3.99 on Comixology. And I think that's, for four bucks, this book's fantastic. Uh, volume two and three are six fifty. Still, that's not bad at all. Like, it's not bad at all. Because we've read books like this before, like that pseudo-fantasy, sci-fi, like futuristic, like, techno-organic stuff. I've never really enjoyed any of them. But something about this one, like, it just clicked. And I was agreeing with you, and you're like, I don't think I would have enjoyed it, like, if you had just read, you know, issue number one. You don't know if you would continue on with it. And I kind of agree, like, it was an interesting enough world, but I don't know how much further into it I would go. But having to sit down and read these four issues for the show, I was like, okay. And it's as soon as they start bringing in like the rest of like the Mossack and like, you're seeing them like working together as a team, like, like the last stand, like, no, this is it. Like we're coming in here. We've got this plan. We got to take them out now, or we don't get another chance. I, that moment really hit me. I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm really into this book. And 
it does kind of devolve into that, like, oh, well, now they're on the road and you're going to see that infighting, which I'm a little bit less enthused about. But I do like that it seems like there is, like, the ticking clock to this because he mentions he's only, he's got five of his nails. Like, they're strapped to his, like, like the gun belt across his chest. Like, and we see he used one when he was going up against, like, the Piper and, like, the King of Blood. So, like, okay, we know he's got four left. I like that seeing them, like, tick down, like, because, you know, like, that last bolt is going to have to be for him or for the King of Mud or some other threat that we might not know exists. I, I like the setup of that, like, right from the get-go. Um, I know, And also, like, this book's gorgeous. Uh, Jerome Pena. I know we've done books from him before. I want to say it was, like, an X-Men book. But, dude, like, the character design, like, the artwork in this is crazy. And it it seems like a more polished... Um, the guy that did Red Hood and the Outlaws, Tyler... Uh, Kirkham? Oh, Kirkham? Um, oh, what's his name? I'm, um, I'm blanking on it. I don't, I find it kind of... I think I would have liked a little bit of a stronger inking on it, just because it does come off really sketchy at some points, which kind well, of muddy... I like that, but see, I think that's also with the coloring, too, from uh, Matt Hansworth. Like I think yeah. Kenneth Rockerford, that was the artist's name. Um, I think it's a more polished end, because it's not as all like harsh edge and angles, but it does have that kind of sketchiness to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other thing, uh, the other thing that's really interesting about the art is when Adam is on screen or when it's just Adam, it is browns and grays and there's nothing dynamic going on and there's nothing dynamic about him. Well, you're following him and there's some crazy stuff going on, but it's when these other characters show up that there's, color going on and even the piper when he attacks and when there's a fire it's these bright colors yeah but there's nothing like there's nothing about adam when he's in the book that's not browns and grays except for when he fires his bullet and then he has all those birds or souls or lights or butterflies or whatever come out of him like that's the only time there's color really that is from him and I thought that was really interesting. And that throne room battle that they have was a re- like the 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 art really made you feel what was going on. Like mm-hmm. you felt like, oh man, you got to get up, you got to hit, you got to get your knife out, you got to do this. Are are you going to be able to survive? Like the battle, one, it felt like it had stakes and it had great movement through the art and the dialogue that was happening in it. And I kept going. When's Adam going to fire his gun? When's Adam going to fire a gun? He's got to do it now. Oh, no, the goblin got hurt. Oh, he's he summoned this guy. When is he going to fire that bullet? Like, I felt that through that whole story, like through that whole battle in the throne room. Yeah, the, and the one thing that annoyed me is because I was right there with you, John, that, oh, now we're stuck with Adam. And he's like, oh, well, I heard the deal. And it's a deal that I couldn't imagine. And I'm like, dude, he he, he offered to cure you. You're dying of a disease. You didn't think that would might have been part of the, the deal? Like, you, are you stupid? Were you raised in a barn? Well, yeah, his yes, deal... Yes, yes, oh, he, he was raised in a barn. Yeah. Yeah. They, were, they were farmers, yeah. But his the deal isn't to save his family and clear his name. The deal is just to save right. himself. He came in there to offer 
the King of Mud a deal, even though he knows that it's the King of the Mud that offers the deals. So he should have known that the guy was well, raised. Well, like here's this guy that was so such a zealot. Well, I think yeah, that's him. his play against the King of Mud. Is like, no, he's been after our family for so long. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to come to him, and I'm going to be able to set the stakes for this. Like, he's going to play into my hands. He was so underprepared. Still, I'm like, dude, you were ready to die. Why are you not ready? Still ready to die? Like, what's this inner monologue going on? It was just frustrating to me because it just muddied his character. Well, I think you it's know. it's I think it's human, and I mean, is he human? You know, blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But it's like that human dynamic. Like, I came here selflessly to give to give my life to save my family and clear my name because I know I'm dying. Now he's given the opportunity to not die. Do you take that? No. Do you still pass it up? But you have a chance. If I live, do I have an opportunity to save my family that way too? Can I save save everyone? Like bring bring honor to everyone. Go back to Mulan. Like coming soon to Disney Plus. Like you can. He can not just save his family, but he can save everybody and, you know, prove his family name at that point, too. I I really dug it. Like, for six bucks, I would pick up volume two. And I probably will. I don't know when that sale goes off, but I think right now, too, uh, all the trades of Sandman are like six bucks. Got a great, great price. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of in the middle of <laughs> I I think I'd rather buy those books. As you said, Chris, like when I said I was listening to it, it's like, do you have the books to read side by side to see where they differ? And I kind of would like to see where they where they differ. Mm-hmm. What am I reading where what stories did they pick and choose throughout all the trades? Um Well no, I enjoyed this, much like I enjoy my third beer. Of the night, I think I didn't get to a third. Oh, uh, but this is again another from the Harpoon Pack. This is Dark and Hoppy Night League. This is a black IPA coming in at four percent, one hundred and twenty-five calories, and this super delivers on a nice, super crushable black IPA. Perfect bitter hoppiness, great malt backbone. Really, really good. Um, this pack was a real, a real winner for fifteen ninety nine um, for just something that's nice, easy drinking throughout the day or in the night. Um, like I said, I had a, I had to stop myself from just finishing this pack. Uh, I would probably pick up another twelve pack if I needed a twelve pack, but uh, I grabbed this because I wanted to try these beers. Half of it was because it had a black IPA in it which is a rarity, but uh, really good. I like it a lot. I recommend it. So that sounds, sounds like something I should keep my eye out for, because... Uh, Do you get harpoon out? We, we get some harpoon stuff, yeah. Uh, and just going through looking at these pages again, I'm trying to find out who does the colors for Grey Capullo, because it's like a very similar palette to his uh, 
run a Batman with Scott Snyder. Like those kind of muted colors, but like just how vibrant some of them can be. I everything about this book, like it works better than I thought it was like when I first started reading it. Um, complete like transparency. I sat down last night to start reading it and I skipped past like the first like three or four pages. Cause it's all like prose journal entry stuff. And I was like, I don't know anything about this world yet. I don't want my first step into it to just be this like handwritten stuff. Uh, I don't think I missed out on anything because I think the story kind of tells you enough as you're just reading through it. It's just, again, like it's a weird, wacky world that it's gorgeous. I don't know. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really good. Um, yeah, I like, I would definitely read the rest of it, but I'm not, I mean, to get the next two trades, which would probably be what there's 13 issues. It's, yeah, 13 bucks for the rest of this book. It's not bad at all. I mean, it's not a bad price at all. Eight issues for, for 12 bucks. Still cheaper than a trade. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking it up on... Uh... I think I'd be more frustrated with it than anything else, though. Like, I was, I'm like, I was in, and then once it, you know, made that 10 little Indians turn, I'm like, I... I have fun when I'm playing a social deduction game and somebody's a traitor. But that's because that was the last, like, maybe 15, 20 minutes. I don't want to sit through an hour of Yeah, but I mean, to... Where I'm like... I honestly don't... Like, when Patchwork died, I didn't care. I'm like... I didn't know enough about him. I don't think you're... I don't think you're supposed to care. Just like the healer. Yeah. The, he- the healer dies, or if the the dragon guy is dead. Yeah, drawbridge. Like, but the healer dies because, oh, they had a healer. Oh, look, they needed him, and now they're without him. Oh, now everything's a little bit more dangerous. The stakes have been raised. Like, his death it was just raising the stakes. Um, and again, killing Patchwork, or was it Patchwork that died? I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Because, it was. Um. And then the Siren-esque woman is now on their team as well. The, the but it seems like she was kind of playing against the King of Mud, but is she really? She's there, but is she really, you know, with the team? So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I'm, I, am, I am interested to see where this goes and to say, like, oh, I mean, you can't definitely say the next two trades are going to be like the ten little Indians, people getting picked mm-hmm. off. It could be a totally different, yeah, totally different. Uh, the reason I picked it up, I picked up the first issue. I read about half of it, and I was like, Meh, I don't know. I liked the book, but it didn't like super grab me. And then I kept seeing like, oh, this is like people are rating it really high. People are saying it's a really good book. Um, I think it was up for an Eisner. I was like, well, maybe I need to go back and give it more. And some books just work better as trades and they do single issues. Um, I'm not, I'm not unhappy that I did it. I would, like Chris said, I would pick up the next, next parts of this book, see where it goes. So it looks like uh, it does have a planned end in sight. It's only going to be four volumes total. The fourth volume isn't expected to release until 2022. So I don't know 
where Oof. it's actually at in the issue, the issue, issue cycle. So issue thirteen uh, came out, and that and there's three volumes at this point right now. Okay, so uh, actually, they're only a dollar an issue too, so that's still not like a big price investment. So yeah, issue. Oh wow. Because issue 13 came out February, February 2019. So maybe they're just taking their time with it. So after they... Well, John, you bought this trade back in November of 2017, right? Like, that's where I found it. I don't think so. I just purchased it not too long ago. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I wasn't watching under date added. But when did this trade come out? The trade came out in 2017. You're right about that. So, like, two years after I got this can of uh, Rubius here. Okay. <laughs> uh, but with it coming out in 2017, and I was reading it, and this whole idea of, like, oh, people are, oh, will, of course, uh, trade away their rights for, you know, the promise of security and freedom, even though they're giving away their own freedom. I'm like, ooh, is there social commentary going on? When was this written? 2017. Eh, that makes sense. Uh, but it wasn't like hitting me over the head with the social commentary either. Cause I'm like, who's, so I wasn't even sure if that was actually a play, you know, or, or if the recommender was trying to make this like a analog or not an analog, but an, what's that word? Analogy, not analogy. Um, I lost you guys. I don't know what you're going for. I'm sorry, <laughs> bud. Alright, never mind. Okay, it's a strong pass. Uh, <laughs> I I I enjoyed the book. Um I don't remember this book coming out to the, like I feel like this book just came out. To say that it came out in two thousand sixteen, that's the year I got married. Like I don't think I've time, had this time has very little meaning anymore. I don't know. I think there's something screwy with that because that doesn't seem right. But no, yeah, because issue number one came out September twenty first, twenty sixteen. Yeah, I feel like I bought this within the last couple, like issue one when it came out last year. Like it just doesn't that just doesn't seem right. But I don't care. Uh, hard pass. <laughs> hard pass from Paul. Which means volume two will be my trade and policy <laughs> in three and two months. Uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. I think, like you said, Chris, the art's really good in it. Um, I'd like to see where it goes. So it, I'm just kind of clicking through the issues now, and it looks like there was a big gap from issue number five to issue number six because number five came out April of 2017, and then number six did come out. Oh, wait, no, that was me. So I think I misread it. It was May 2017. That happens, Chris. Dates are hard. Dates are hard, man. Especially when they are written right next to another series of numbers. <laughs> we're, we're all trying to get through things. Mm-hmm. But definitely a gap from issue number 9 to 10. Because 9 came out September 2017. Yeah. And then 10 didn't come out until August of 2018. So This doesn't seem like a project that Rick Remender and uh, Jerome Opinia are doing because they want to be doing it. It's not. I don't think uh, since we didn't really think about it or hear about it 
and John, you didn't think it came out back in 2016. I don't think it's making much money for these two guys. So they're doing. It seems like one of those books that well, I think coming together and doing in between work. Uh, yeah. Well, Rick Remender has produced and written for two TV shows based on his work um, in the last two years. So maybe it's something to do with that. Um, plus all the other stuff he does, right? Uh, but if you have read this book and enjoyed it, let us know over on Facebook. If you listen to this podcast, hi, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, rate and review us. It always helps other people find this podcast. And uh, it motivates us to actually record these. <laughs> we, I mean, we're pretty great guns um, for a while. We got a, a little sidetracked with a lot of home stuff on my front, but uh, hopefully we keep, keep getting them out almost weekly, which has been pretty great. I like it. Yeah, me too. <laughs>